Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning at Highland Valley United Methodist Church. We are grateful for those of you who are here with us in person, as well as those of you who are worshiping with us online this morning. We're glad that you are here with us today. I want to share two opportunities that you have to plug into the life of the church today. You don't have to wait very long to plug in. Uh, One thing is that we are in the process of moving our food pantry from building A up to the warehouse up top. Um, And we have had some people who have put a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears um, into making that move. and we would invite you today after church, we, are, we have a little bit more to move um, so that we can start um, handing out food from on Wednesday up top. Um, and so if you're available to, with your tennis shoes or in comfortable clothes um, after, this, this, after the service today to help us push through and get that last bit moved, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, I have to say, if you haven't ever been on Wednesday afternoon to see the ministry that's taking place. I invite you to do that. I am amazed every week how many people are coming through, Um, people that just need a little bit of help um, or people that need a lot of help. But we are able to be a part of the feeding of people who are hungry and who are in need. It's amazing to see that and to think about that. Not too long ago, it was started with some a few backpacks with 10 people coming through and we're feeding over 100 families every week. It's wonderful to be in in witness of what God is doing and to be a part of that. So I invite you to be a part of that either today by helping us move or um, by helping us on Wednesday afternoon. And the second of all, the second opportunity that you have today is that at 3 p.m., Pastor Mark and I will be out front of the sanctuary for the blessing of the animals. Um, We would love for you to bring your fur babies, um, cats, dogs, whatever it is that your pet um, to join and have us have share a special blessing with you today. We just ask that if it is of the creepy crawly variety that it is in a container and we will gladly um, bless it from at a distance. But know that all animals are welcome. We will um, allow you just to stay in your car and drive through in front of the sanctuary and we will come to you, um, share a special blessing and, and share a treat with you and your pets. But know that they are an important part of your family and a part of our family as well. So that's today at 3 p.m. right outside in the parking lot. And now if you will stand as you are able and join us in our call to worship this morning as we begin our time of worship together. The prize of the heavenly call beckons us onward. Therefore, we do not lose hope in this race before us. Let us look to Jesus who blazed a trail before us, following in his wake. He fought the good fight, kept the faith, and finished the race. Let us run and not grow weary, for a crown of glory awaits us. And let us now continue to lift our voice with our hymn of praise, God of grace and glory.
You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we pause today to rest, to reflect, to get nourishment for our souls. God, when so many days of life seem like a race, where we are running scattered and without purpose, we remind ourselves today as we gather of the purpose for this race. As we come today, we bring things with us, our joys and concerns, and we lift those up to you. We lift up to you those who are experiencing grief and loss this day. Renew their spirits. Remind us that we are not alone in this endeavor. For those who are sick or suffering, whether of body, mind, or spirit, be with us, lift us up, help us to cheer one another on in hard times. For those who around the world are experiencing the wake of violence or loss, help us to be your hands and feet, to rebuild with one another. And today as we celebrate the gift of animals, of pets that are so near and dear to our heart, we remember those pets who are no longer with us, those of us who are grieving of missing those special members of our families, those pets who are sick or hurting and in need of healing. God, we are so grateful for these treasured friends and members of our families who cheer us up on days when it's difficult and are there with an eager face when we arrive home. Help us to remember to be more like our pets, to be an eager and energetic spirit greeting one another in the face of times that are hard and times that are celebratory. And God, today as we gather together, we are reminded of the importance of community. Help us to love one another, to serve one another, to see the gifts and the needs that we each bring. And God, we are thankful for Jesus who gave us the example of what it means to truly run this race, to run this race with love for you and love for one another, to extend grace and forgiveness, but also at times to be a prophetic voice in the midst of pain and suffering, the importance of reaching out to those in need. And God, we are especially thankful for the gift of Jesus because of the forgiveness and love that he shared with us and those around the world. We thank you for the gift of the prayer that he shared with us so that we might, at times when we don't know what to say, we have a place to start. As we join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
journey. We are in the third week of our endurance sermon series. And kids, we've been talking about how to build up your endurance. So I hope you've done some of these things. I hope you made a discipleship goal. I hope you're thinking about small steps. It's not going to happen all at once. This is a long race. And this week, we're going to continue talking about this race. And in our scripture, Paul is comparing this journey towards Christ as a race. And he's right. And I started thinking about a marathon and it's hard. It's draining. A marathon is long. You're hot. Your muscles ache. You may start to feel weak. And I bet I would think at some point you'd feel like this is never ending. And maybe you think about giving up. But I don't know how people accomplish those long races like that. But I was watching a video the other day and it was three guys training and one guy just dominated the other two, just in every task, just one, more push-ups, more burpees, more all the things. And at the end, the guys, the other, the other two were just kind of laying there breathless on the floor. <sighs> we tried. How do you do it? And the guy said, don't try, train. And I thought, that is perfect advice for us as we're on this long race towards discipleship. Don't try, train. And so I started thinking, you know, don't try to worship. Set an alarm. Lay your clothes out. Throw a snack in your bag if you're worried about making it till 12 o'clock. Or if you're watching virtually, charge your computer. Get your cords ready the night before. Don't try. Train. Get ready. If you want, if you're trying to be like Jesus, don't try. Train. Stay away from gossip. Remove yourselves from those people that may push you towards a little bit of a wrong choice. Um, have a go-to prayer in your brain when you need it. Take some time to look up that scripture or that prayer. Don't try. Train. Don't just try to follow Jesus. Train. Make a plan. And when it gets hard and you want to give up and you get knocked off your path, adjust. And try a new plan. <laughs> That's building endurance to finish a race. And do you get a trophy at the end of this race? No. <laughs> but do you win? Absolutely. You win the things that matter. You win pride in yourself, grace, respect, community that only a church can give you, um, an unconditional love of a Savior that is rooting for you and cheering for you to be the kid that you are made to be. So this week, don't just try, train. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray to win. Not win the worldly things, but the eternal things. We pray to run in such a way that the crowd cheers for us and we make our fans and most of all you feel proud. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture lesson this morning will come from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 9, beginning with verse 24. I'm going to go ahead and read on the remainder uh, of the chapter. Hear the word of the Lord. Do you know that in a race all compete, but only receives the prize? Run in such a way to win. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we continue in this endurance series, what I thoroughly enjoy about God's holy word is that oftentimes it is a mirror for us to better uh, be able to see ourselves. And so as we began uh, this series on endurance, I thought that I could fake it Till I made it. But with this passage of scripture, I had to realize that I don't know what it's like to train for a marathon. Um, I thought for sure my associate would, but neither does she know about running, you know, from the video. She doesn't know how to pump her arms. But we're working on it, but neither one of us are really qualified um, out of experience to know how to run the race. I mean, if anything, I really enjoy lifting weights. I may have been considered at one time a gym rat. But the kind of discipline that's being pointed out in this scripture, I don't know about as it relates to running a race or running a marathon or training for a particular event. But as I looked at the Paul's verse in 24, I was led to a quote by the former coach of the New York Jets, Herm Edwards, who made this infamous quote in the Annals of Sport. It was after the Jets had a lead on a football team and were, were not able to complete the task and receive final victory. In the midst of all of the media criticism, he says, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. There is a difference from being a spectator a fan to spectate a sport than to be a participant in a sport and to have this hunger within your soul to play to win the game. The thing is, sisters and brothers, 
also in our life, in our journey for discipleship, I wish I could tell you every day I played or I trained or I was disciplined in such a way that I was training to win the game every day. But let's be honest, sometimes the push, the, the strain that, that comes with that kind of discipline is not always high on our radar. We don't always play to win the game. Some of us are just happy to be here. Some of us are just just happy to be here. So some days I'm just I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Some Sundays I'm just happy to be here. And if we were honest, many of us are in the same boat. A lot of us live life just happy to be here. And it sure would be nice if God would let us just comfortably be happy to be here. It would be nice if God would just leave us alone and not have scriptures like this to challenge us and push us and remind us that in this life, we play in such a way to win. It's not about just being here. It's not just about getting a participation trophy. I didn't get many participation tro trophies, but the few that I got really didn't inspire me to do much because it doesn't take much to participate but it takes a lot to win. So what the scripture did is kind of stirred something within my soul that it helped me to look at my life and be able to see those places where I'm just here, just surviving, just doing enough to get by. It has stirred up something within me to want to do more, to want to win, to want to run this race in such a way. Here, Paul gives us Two things to help us know how to run with purpose, how to run with purpose. First of all, he points out that athletes exercise self-control in all things. Now, this really rocked my world because there have been many times in my life where I lived my life compartmentalized. I had a church face. I had a Sunday morning worship face. I had a make it through the week face. I had a face for my family. I had a face for my district superintendent or bishop. I had a face with colleagues. But what Paul is pointing out for us and what, what I think, think is so powerful is that what Paul is saying is that Athletes, and in order to run this race of faith, we can't operate by our compartmentalized boxes. That we are not called to live going from one box to the other. Paul says that athletes have discipline in all things. All things. That means the training. That means that with that training, you still need strength, but you also need flexibility and agility. When I played a sport, I didn't spend much time trying to stretch. Ah, but as I creep closer and closer to 50, even if I'm about to walk my chihuahua, I do just a little stretch. <laughs>
this race that we're running in life calls us to have strength, but it also calls us to have flexibility and agility. I remember in 1985 when the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl and one wide receiver named Willie Galt participated in ballet in order to help him better play football, to make the big catches, you know? I mean, I mean, athletic training is, 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 is just, it's not always about being the, the strongest, but you also have to be the most agile and also the most flexible. We have to be strong, but we have to be flexible. We have to be strong, but we have to be flexible. I'm gonna say it one more time. We have to be strong, but we have to be flexible. I don't know many of you, if you've seen the YouTube video about um, obviously a five-star recruit from Alabama, an offensive tackle that's six foot seven, 308 pounds, but is able to leap onto a box and, and, and be able to do all of these various kinds of agility skills because in the way the game is played, it calls for more agility in all positions. In this walk of faith, we must still be strong in the Lord, but we have to be flexible. If we're not flexible, we will then be in trouble. Because it's one thing to be strong in this life, and in our journey with Jesus Christ. But if we're not flexible, it does us no good because in the times that we're living in, sisters and brothers, we don't know what's going to be thrown at us as we drive to walk and be on a journey with Jesus. Because there are things that are thrown at you from time to time. There are things that we don't expect. So we need to be agile. And we need to be able to be flexible. We must be able to worship online because we have to be flexible. We have to get used to worshiping even with masks on because it calls us to be flexible. And in this race with Jesus Christ, he being the perfect example, he was very strong but he was able to withstand anything and everything that was thrown at him and still come out on top because he was fully God and fully man. Paul points out that athletes have self-control in many things, their diet, their stretching, their ritual. So self-control in all things and then he also speaks of not running aimlessly or not boxing the air, beating the air is what he says, but I punish my body and enslave it that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. There is this thing that runners talk about uh, this 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 runner's high that happens after mile 100 out of a 200 mile marathon or whatever it is around mile, mile 18 
but there is this thing in the world of athletic sports that there is something about muscle memory. You've got to have muscle memory in order to compete. You have to do drills in order for you to be able to win the game. Now on yesterday, on yesterday, I did my best to not watch the game. And then my phone on channel four had a, had a notification to pop up and said that the Razorbacks are up 17 to zero. And then I actually went to my TV, turned the game on, and the only play I saw was the Texas A&M running back, running back scoring a touchdown. And then I heard the collective voices of the people of my congregation in my spirit saying, oh no, Pastor Mark must be watching the game. Turn it off. Because ever since I told you my superstition, everybody says, don't, every Sunday they say, don't watch the game. We don't care what you do, don't watch it. And I tell you, when we play Georgia, I'm not even looking at a TV. You hear me? <laughs> but it's muscle memory. The running backs, they do drills where they carry the ball. And then they have to run through some things. That's why when it's game time, the Razorbacks were running. That one, that one time we scored, this big old Texas A&M cornerback or somebody hit the Razorback, but the Razorback was able to keep on going because it's not about your ability to, to, to be hit, but it's about your ability to not to stop once you've been hit. Now, also, I must admit, the A&M cornerback could, did not wrap up, you know, and just kind of propelled him to the end zone. But the thing is, is that we have to know that in this race, in order to win, we must have muscle memory. We, as Crystal said, need to have a prayer on our hearts. We need to have a scripture close by. We need a song in our hearts. And also, brothers and sisters, I've had to learn this the hard way. It's not always, always, it's not always about how much we talk to God and other people, but it's also our ability to be able to stand still and listen to God. Because at the end of the day, we have one mouth and two ears for a reason for those quiet moments to help us in this race. Paul says everyone may run, but only one wins the race. And athletes or track stars run for a perishable reward. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It was a, it was a beautiful, you know, you know what I loved is that near the end, as the game was over, you know, all these games have a trophy, you know, there's a, in Iowa, they have a, uh, 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 Cyhawk 
300 pounds, everybody has, but at the end of the game, did you see how all the Razorbacks ran to the field to lift up the earthly prize? We won the game. And the trophy was evidence of winning the prize. But my sisters and brothers, Paul says, our prize, as we win the race, is not perishable. It is not metal. It is not made of wood. But it is imperishable. We run the race so that we can win the prize that is not made by human hands, but the prize that is made by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has blazed away and ran and ran the race to perfection. And in the end, he received his reward. We too run to win a prize that is eternal. It's not made of wood. It's not made of metal. We're running. We're winning. So that can, we can receive something that is imperishable. Paul later writes in Corinthians that, you know, when this body, this perishable body, takes on imperishability, and when this mortal body takes on immortality. He goes on to say, there we will then be able to say, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O grave, is your victory? We run a race for nothing on earth, but we run a race for glory. For glory. Because metal will rust. Termites can eat wood. But thanks be to God, we run for a prize that rust can't touch and that termites can't eat, eat away. I'm talking about heaven. I'm talking about being with Jesus. To win is to ultimately be with him. Now, I know, I know. Even some United Methodists struggle with the pie in the sky, my oh my. But this is what Paul says. Paul says, our reward is imperishable. So let us win the prize that is set before us. And let us have the self-control. Let us, let us have the strength and the flexibility. Let us have the muscle memory so that we can keep on running and run all the way to the very end. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In response to God's holy word, would you stand as we sing the affirmation? I mean, as we say the affirmation of faith. Is there a song called it? There's no song called the affirmation of faith. <laughs> as we say the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering, not just power, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, ascended to heaven, lived at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. standing and join us in our hymn of commitment we would like to open up the doors of the church and if there's anyone this morning that uh, may have been just running all over the place run if you've been running aimlessly in your life if you by some chance are just happy to get by but you want to win we want to encourage you to either give Give me or Pastor Jesse your hand or come talk to us afterwards. We've had so many uh, people to just uh, not necessarily uh, come down the aisle and are visibly, make a visible representation that they want to be a part of the church, but it is just such a joy to receive cards and, and letters or conversations that, that we see that people are being fed here at Highland Valley. If you want to quit running aimlessly, and you want to run to win, we want you to come and rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. As we sing, guide my feet as I run this race. And fellas, we're still going to need you on the old lordies. Let us sing together. 